0: Lord Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. I ran into some things that I wanted to talk about. It's on my heart. Uh, Would you go with me to the book of Luke, the twenty-second chapter? I want to read from um, the thirty-seventh verse. It's kind of taking it out of what's there, but Luke uh, twenty-two. And 37, for I say to you, this that has been written must yet be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the lawless. And this is coming out of the book of Isaiah. Listen to this statement. For the things concerning me also have an end. I've read that verse a lot of times and really haven't ever thought it out that much. The things concerning me have an end. Have an end. Mm. And so this morning I want to talk about that. I need to go to the book of John I just want to read the expiration of of the Lord's life in John 19, 28th verse. And after this, knowing that all things have been now finished, that the Scripture be completed, Jesus said, I thirst. Then a vessel full of vinegar was said, and having filled a sponge with vinegar and putting hyssop around they brought it to his mouth and when he took the vinegar he said it is finished and bowing his head he delivered up the spirit I want to talk about this this morning just something that I think goes a little deeper than sometimes we just surface read some things and so I think this this kind of deal with the Lord and, and this issue that there's going to come a time, there's going to come an end. Jesus said, the things of me will come to an end. Amen. Lord, we just ask you, would you bless this morning? We've stood around and we've raised our hands, we've raised our voices, we've raised them in prayer, we've raised, raised them in worship. We have honored you, we've blessed you, we have given to your causes this morning. Lord, and we just ask you in this next time, Lord, this, this part, part of this meeting, that you would take your word and strengthen us, Lord, and develop in us even more strength, more desire, Lord, to know you, to follow you, to hunger after you, Lord. We pray it by your spirit, by your anointing. We ask it, Jesus. Amen. And amen, and amen. See, the Lord did not say, Yeshua did not say that I come to an end. He said the things concerning me come to an end. So as we read this, we have to, uh, well, he refers to the Old Testament the book of Isaiah. The prophets, he could have referred to many of them, but he quoted a thing out of Isaiah. And so these things concerning him, they must be completed in him. Now, one of the things that has helped me so much over the years is that when you begin to read the the, uh, Greek New Testament, you'll see some things that you don't really see in the English version. And so there is this word, uh, telios and i know that you've all heard it before it's just a greek word that's expanded on and this greek word teleos is comes in different forms like much like the spanish language if you've ever studied spanish they add a lot of things to the word here we just go word by word and our english is different but in the greek this word this root word teleos is found every time that we're going to talk about completion every time we're going to talk about Uh, finish. This word is going to be the key word or the root word in this. And Jesus said, this must be completed in me. Then he says, the things about me have an end. And that word end again is teleos or a expansion of that word. And it means to have closure. It is to Come to a close. And so I look at this and I say, Lord, you don't come to a close, but the things concerning you come to a culmination, a finality. Uh, If you've ever seen a play, usually they say they save the best uh, act for the last to the culmination of the end of the play and uh, leave you, you know, leaving out of that place wanting to come back and see something else. That's, that's normally how it goes. And so you've got what they call the final act. The final act is the, the greatest act. And I, th- I think if we look at this sort of in this way that this the culmination of everything that the Lord did and was doing has a closure, it has a finality about it. And so let me also just interject this other thought. The things concerning, and he will use this term many times, the Son of Man. Can you say that with me? The Son of Man. There's also, we know, I just talked to Rodney about this the other day a little bit. He was teaching it and had had a question about it. And uh, the Lord refers to Himself as the Son of Man, much, much more than He does anything else. He also refers to Himself as the Son of God. He also refers to Himself as, I am. And so we have in the Scripture where He is manifesting, He's revealing Himself in, in different ways. And so when He reveals Himself as the Son of Man, then we can look at Him as one who was born approximately 3 B.C., died approximately 30 A.D., roughly 33 years, somewhere. Some people say that he was born a little earlier, died a little earlier. We don't know all those facts, uh, but we know that it was right at that time because uh, the Scripture and Luke and talking about those who were in place and the rulers that were in place. So we have a pretty good idea But now I want to talk to you just for a little while about the Son of Man. Because the Son of Man is a different different title than when He calls Himself the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He is the only begotten Son of God. Don't be fooled by anybody else. There's only one birthed Son of God. And His name is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. There's no others. As... Son of man, though, however, I think what we see is we see the body. We see the baby that was born from his mother, Mary, or Miriam, that he was conceived by the power of the Spirit of God in the womb of Mary. And what is brought forth there. That birthing that, come, that happens there, what's born in Bethlehem, is this great mystery to all Bible scholars. And down through the ages has been tried to, to describe how he is both God and he is man. And they finally just come up with this answer. He is 100% God and he's 100% man. I can go with that. That, that sounds good enough for me. But it's God, Timothy, uh, what Paul writes to Timothy is God manifested in flesh. So, you can't take away the flesh, you can't take away the God. There's this unity, and, and so people have described it, scholars have described it as this hypostatic union of God and man. I don't think we really need to go any further than just say that God took on flesh And He dwelled among us. John 1.14 And the Logos of God became flesh and He dwelled among us. He tabernacled among us. So if we can just kind of leave it there for now. But the Son of Man is this one who was born in the manger who at 12 years old, like we said last week, was in the temple who for 18 years now we don't hear from Him. And at 30 years old He shows up at the Jordan John baptizes him. He is anointed. He goes into ministry. And three and a half years later, then we see him come to the closure of his life. This is the Son of Man. The Son of Man. You you can never close out the Son of God. There is no closure on the I Am. But the things concerning the Son of Man will have an end. Luke says it this way in 17.22, and Jesus said, The days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Now, He's addressing His disciples here in Luke 17, talking to them and saying, I'm with you, but there's going to come a day when you're going to want to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you won't see it. And I think it's simply because there is going to be a time when the days of the Son of Man come to a close. And so God bringing this 4,000-year project to a close. I see something a little different, sort of, in, in, in dwelling on this a little bit. I see, I see some maybe I haven't thought about before. But God's program, the Logos of God, we all know the Logos of God, His intention, His desire, what He put together before He began to create in the beginning was the logos of God. I know it's easy for us to just pass it. Every English Bible, every translation will say, "In the beginning was the Word." Really, the Greek word there is logos, and the it, it, word, a single word, is not, it's not, uh, doesn't clarify the stance of the scripture here. But it is rather the reason and logic and purpose the conception of what God intended to do before He ever spoke the Word. It's what's behind the Word. So we can use Logos as being Word if we want to, but really it's what caused the Word to come to pass. And so in the beginning, God sets out a purpose and a plan, and that plan is going to be 4,000 years. This, this is the purpose and plan of God. 4,000 years from the instant that God stepped out into nothing. And we call it darkness because we don't know what else to call it. But He stepped out into nothing and He began to create. From that instant that He began to create. And I wonder, you know, they have this old thing that says, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's in there, does it make a sound? Or is the sound merely so we can hear? I wonder what it sounded like when God took nothing and created a universe. I mean, I do believe in the Big Bang Theory. That was an awful Big Bang. When God stepped out and just began to form and create and speak by his word, but by his logos, he's already thought it out. He's already put it together. And before he ever, before the foundations of the earth, he's got a plan and a purpose and a design all set in place. Everybody agree with that? Say amen. So he steps out into darkness and he begins a creation. It's not a creation for the world to enjoy itself. I think God allows us under His umbrella to enjoy life. I think He has designed under His covering that we should live life to the fullest, and and I don't mean what the world has, but I mean the joy, I mean this the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit of God. And those things that He allows us under that umbrella of who He is, that's what He intended for humanity. But I also believe this, that we are not created for our own pleasure, but for His pleasure we have been created. And so He begins to create within mind is a project. almost hate to call it a project, right? Do you feel like you're a project? Well, you are. But he steps out and starts this project in darkness, creates the world that we live in, creates the habitation that we can dwell in. But when it comes to a close, 4,000 years later, it also is shrouded in darkness. And the lights go out when Christ is on the cross. He starts it in darkness. He ends it in darkness. The Lord is now hanging there between life and death. And the things concerning Him are coming to an end. The things concerning 4,000 years are coming to an end. And as He's on that cross, for three hours it will be pitch black. And the doubters say that couldn't have happened. The problem is, you don't believe the Scriptures, and I do. If God said the lights went out, the lights went out. So said, well, it couldn't have happened, you know, that way because the planets, I don't care about the planet alignment. When God said it became dark over the whole known world, then I'm going to take his word for it because I believe it was dark before he stepped out and created anything anyway. I don't believe there was matter so that it could crash in the, up, up in the, the open space somewhere. But God stepped out. The same God that stepped out now is on the cross. But He's on the cross as the Son of Man. And He is bleeding there and He is dying there. From the time of the beginning of creation to the time of the end of the cross, God has had His way. And at the moment of Christ's last breath, in which he cried, "It is finished." The earth shook, and the rocks were sheared at his dying, at his death. How loud do you think that was? I know we've experienced a few little earthquakes over in California. We've had some, we've had some, you know, where you're standing in the house and feeling a little like. unsure, your footing's waving a little bit, but not this, not this, man. This was, this was so powerful that rocks broke in half. It was so powerful, the tombs burst open. I believe that same power in creation that God created in the first place now is exhibited also just in a little, little bit on the cross as He dies. And now the darkness is lifted, and all we have is Jesus dead on the cross. He has cried out, it is finished! And He he took His last breath and cried, it's finished. And, And so, I said this last week, but it's worth repeating. Some things are worth repeating, amen? Some things are not. I've made some mistakes in my life. I don't want to repeat those. But the things of the Son of Man have come to an end. The prophetic, going all the way back. Jesus said, Moses spoke about me. We can trace all the way back to Moses. We can trace all the way back to the garden where the serpent has beguiled them. And it's prophetic what will happen, but he, He'll he destroy the snake. He'll put him under His feet. All of the Scriptures, beginning with the creation, all have been prophesied concerning Christ. I know there's a lot of people that want to dig in times, our end times, out of the Old Testament. I'm sorry, friend, they're not there. All of them spoke of Him, everything to Him. This is part one of God's project that, that he has this 4,000 year time slot for us that he will accomplish everything that he intended to do. Nothing will be left out. Nothing that he had dreamed up in his own heart, in his own mind, in the Logos of God, none of that would fail. Not one jot, not one tittle of the old covenant, the old prophecy would fail until it came to pass in Jesus Christ. That's His words. And so now I see this this completion of all things. And so the Son of Man is going to come to an end. I'm going away. He tries to console them in John 14. A transition is about to take place. You'll want to see me. There's, you'll, there'll come a time you want to see a day of the Son of Man, but you're not going to get to. There's going to be a transition, but everything to this point will be fulfilled. It will be done. It will be over. The Son of Man, his days will be numbered. But the good news is, John 14. I'm going away, but I'm coming back, and thank the Lord, it didn't mean in rapture. It wasn't two thousand years later. It was just. A few days later, He's coming back to them. He's just not coming back as the Son of Man. And I go back to this whole idea of we need to become as our Lord. Can you say amen? We need to become as our Lord. And so many people are looking at the Son of Man. They want to become like the Son of Man. But the days of the Son of Man... Are numbered they're fulfilled they're over John 8 and 28 he says when you lift me up <laughs> this is this is they knew he didn't even have to say when you crucify me they, they knew what he was talking about when you lift me up then you will know that I am that's that's amazing that's amazing. The only thing they know about Him is that He is the Son of Man. Oh, we know Him. We know His parents. No, isn't this the Son of Joseph and Mary? Isn't He a carpenter? Yeah, that's the Son of Man. But when you lift me up, something else is going to happen. There is going to be a transition. You will begin to see that I am, and now the word I am there Let's just take it all the way back to Moses. You will know that I am that I am. So how are they going to know that? How are they going to know that? Well, years ago we stumbled on this thing that said that there was a plaque hanging over his head on the cross. And some of you may not know this, so we'll share it, so you know it. Pilate wrote in Greek and in Hebrew, And in Latin, over the top of Jesus' head. And the scripture says it was there for everybody to see. Usually they put their crime there, but he had no crime. Pilate said, this man has no crime. I deliver him back to you. I've tried him, and I can find no fault in him. But on the order to be crucified now, he writes this plaque out. And so it's interesting what this plaque says. Matthew's Gospel and I don't know if you've traced the four things, four Gospels that say what was over his head. But Matthew's Gospel was written, I believe, and many scholars believe that it was written in Hebrew. And then translated into Greek. So what Matthew said could have been adjusted a little bit when they came through the Greek. Mark Mark was not really an apostle, a disciple that was there with the Lord. But he got his information from Peter and the Apostles. And so he wrote this, that over the head of Jesus, it stated this, he is, or this is the king of the Jews. Luke, Luke got his gospel. If you read the first few verses of Luke, you'll find out that he got his gospel inquiring and studying and searching, doing his best to find all the facts because he wasn't there. He took it from the disciples and apostles and people who were there. And Luke also wrote over the head of Jesus, this is the king of the Jews. But John, who happened to be standing there, and, and John, you know, he's, he's like, he writes of himself that he was there. So he's he calls himself the beloved, right? And now all the rest of the disciples are going, "Who? Huh, you know, you're the beloved, who are we? Right, but he's, he's the beloved. But he writes of him and and he was close. He says he was there when they were trying Jesus. Peter was outside warming his hands in the fire. Some said that John was related to somebody in the priesthood, and so was able to have entrance when others weren't. I don't know if that's true or not. But John was standing right beside the cross. Jesus looked at him and said, take care of my mother john knew exactly what was on the cross and john related to us how it was said jesus the nazarene king of the jews jesus the nazarene king of the jews written in hebrew if you take the first letter of those hebrew words the acronym jesus of nazareth king of the jews You take that acronym, and it explains who He is. Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to know when you lift me up. You're going to see who I am. The Jews immediately ran to Pilate and said, Take that down. We want it to say something other than that. Make it say, He said He's the King of the Jews. Pilate said... I wrote what I wrote. I'm going to tell you something about Pilate. He was under inspiration of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. What Pilate wrote was inspiration of God. It had to be. This is Yahweh hanging on the cross. The Son of Man lifted up, hanging on the cross. The second thing that they would have known Him by is the events an occurring of his passing, the Roman, Roman centurion said, this one must be the Son of God. Even he had enough sense to see all the things that happened and said, this is not natural phenomenon. This is more powerful than that. This must be the Son of God. But the Jews yet do not believe. And finally, the third verification that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the I Am, is that he fulfilled all the scripture no one else has ever done that can you say amen no one else hasn't been able to even try it so now i'm going to relate this again i've, I've said it several times but good things are okay to, to to say again the chances of one man fulfilling all the scripture and jesus said not one jot not one tittle right The chances of one man fulfilling all the Scripture are the same chances, and I didn't make this up, I read this, if you took the state of Texas and you covered it in silver dollars, two feet high, and you took one silver dollar and marked it and put it somewhere out in the state of Texas, the chance of somebody fulfilling everything in the Old Testament is the same chance if they blindfolded a man and let him pick up one coin out of Texas and it be the right coin. Impossible. There's only one. Can you say amen? There's only one who have, could have possibly fulfilled it, and that is our Lord, our God, our Christ Jesus. The, the Jews knew this. They knew. They knew where he was to be born. They knew where he was to die. They knew how he was to die. They knew all the things concerning him, but they yet would not believe him. Now, in this season, I just heard the other day, and I'm sure that you did it. Did anybody listen to an, I'm going to say this respectfully, an Easter service sermon? Anybody hear one this year? Brother Dustin. Okay, me and Brother Dustin. Brother Rodney did. Most of them are going to say, "Use this 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 phrase." Three words. Has anybody ever heard this sermon? Three words determined everything for us. It is finished. Right? It's one word. It's teleos expanded. It's just it's just this one word of completion. It's just one word of finalism. It's finished. But what was finished? This this is. For me, what was finished? Was it just sin sacrifice? Was that what was finished? Was it just the enduring of the death of the cross that He cried out, It is finished? Now, is that what was finished? Is it Judaism that was finished? Now salvation has come by the slain Lamb of God. Is, is it Judaism that was finished? I believe it's even more. I believe it's the finalizing of God's plan of 4,000 years of working with man. He has worked with man. He has strove with man. He has guided man. He has given them prophets. He has given them a nation. He's given them a people. But 4,000 years now has come to a close. And part one of God's plan is perfect and complete. God only does things in perfection and completion. Otherwise, He's not God. But perfect and complete, finalizing part one of what He determined before the foundation of the world. Now, I'm kind of separating this here, so everybody stay with me. We know that if there is no resurrection then the death, the burial, doesn't matter. We know that. He has to resurrect. But according to the Scripture, everything in part one is done before the resurrection. In this culmination of the prophetic. See, the prophetic aren't going to get to speak into our day. The old prophets. Maybe Joel hints about it, I will pour out my spirit, but... But really, they're not going to get to talk about the events of what's going to happen in the next part of God's plan. Because I believe that part one was fulfilled completely. It's done. It's over. It's finalized. The Lamb that was slain, foreknown, Peter said, foreknown. The, the, the Lamb of God, sacrificial Lamb of God, foreknown before the foundation of the world. And I also believe this that God brought His glory into the view of man. Jesus said in John 17, I don't want to repreach last week, but Jesus said, Oh, Father, it's time now, it's time now that the glory comes together. And when God is done in part one, all the glory is in one unit. Can you say amen? All the glory of God, glory of Christ. There is no separate glory now. There is no, well, I want to worship God, but I don't want to worship Christ. I I, I want to worship Christ, but I don't want to worship God. You, You can't do it there. There is no possible distinguishable distinction between Father and Son any longer. See, it's the Son of Man who is distinguishable because He is in human flesh. He's in human form. But when the glory comes together and when God culminates this stuff and when it all is done and it's all perfected, then there's just one glory that comes out of it. Can the church say amen? I love that. So I just thought I'd repeat that again. So let's talk about part two for just a few minutes before we go home. Can we do that? How many would agree that part one was finished? Is that okay to say part one? Should we say phase one? Maybe phase one, you know, it connects us. There's some more phase coming, right? So phase or part one is finished. It's done. It's done. Teleos. Expansion of that. It's completed. It's done. It's over. The last obedient act of part one triggers the birth of part two. That's why we can't separate the resurrection from the death burial of Christ. There has to be a resurrection. But that's in the second part. The first part's complete. And now there is a second part that God breathes life into. In the darkness, on the cross, God is going to breathe another life, another creation. Something else is going to happen beyond the cross. I'm glad there's something happening beyond the cross that it just doesn't go backwards in, in all of the saints of old. But there's something going to happen. There's a regeneration of the newness of the creation of God now that this, this creation waits and, and we, we hunger for this final work of God. And the last obedient act of Yeshua, it triggers that. If He doesn't die, if He doesn't complete everything that's in the Old Testament... We're not starting the New Testament. So the very fact that the resurrection happened is a proof that everything of the Old Testament was complete. I'm gonna tell you something this morning. I don't live in the Old Testament. Thank God for it. Thank God it happened. Thank God He completed it. Thank God that Jesus fulfilled every jot and every tittle. But I don't live there. That's complete. It's sealed. It's over. It's done. There was a new birth that came about. There's a newness of life that came about because the old, because part one was done. Now part two is going to begin to kick in. And now part two is being birthed by the newness and freshness of the creation that God is going to do going forward. The resurrection only occurs because the first part was completely Finished. Everybody say amen. See the Son of Man, the Son of Man in the tomb, laying out on a slab of rock. Seems like a parallel to me of Adam laying out on the dirt after God had created him lifeless. But what did God do to Adam? Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now I'm gonna show you just a a little picture and don't I'm not basing everything out just on this, but I just got this glimpse of the Son of Man. He's laying dead in a tomb. He's buried there, dressed in linens. Anointed with spices or whatever, but he is dead and lifeless. Somebody said, "How can God die?" Well, God can't die, but the Son of Man can die. Oh, there's 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 those doubters that say, "Well, he really didn't die." That, that what they did, they thought he was dead, and then they put him in the tomb, and really he wasn't dead, so he rose again. Well, there's all kinds of devils out there. It doesn't matter what they think. I'm going with the Scripture. Amen? That's what we got. Everybody have a Bible. I'm going to tell you something about this Bible. You get the right to believe it. I don't care what the devil says. You have the right to believe what the Scripture says. And so now Jesus laid down there. He's dead. He's cold. They put him in there. They shut the, rolled the stone. But He's laying there, Son of Man. He's not going to rise, Son of Man. But when the breath, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, we're talking about the Son of Man. That Spirit that breathed into that corpse That was laying in that hidden tomb. When the resurrection happened. He took the body with him. But I want you to know that that body was not the son of man body anymore. Because the son of man does not walk through walls. The son of man does not just uh, disappear into heaven. But what resurrected there was a body that was spirit. And somehow it still was tangible that they could touch him and they could see him. But he's not what they saw before. What they see now is the glorified body. The man is dead. The man has died but has been raised up in glory. And now they'll see him on the road to Emmaus. And they won't know who he is. And they'll see him come through the room. And they won't know who he is. But when he says to them, it is I, be not afraid. Then they know this is, was the Son of Man. But now it's glorified. And he's in a body. But it's a glorified body. So what comes into resurrection is not flesh. But it's glory. Can you say amen? Amen. And so now the second part begins. Let me tell you about the second part real quick before we go. The second part is the kingdom of God. So what the second part is. The first part's the kingdom of man, the kingdom of flesh, the kingdom of works, the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of armies, and capture and, and battle. The second part is the kingdom of God. What's birthed in the earth is no longer the physical stuff to go. That's why Jesus said that my kingdom, my ki- if my kingdom were of the earth, then my servants would fight, but my kingdom's not of the earth. There's something else going on. There's something better going on. We don't have an earthly kingdom here this morning. What we have is a heavenly kingdom. What we have, we are people of another kingdom. We're not of one that you can see, but it's one of a resurrected Christ who is leading his people into his kingdom. And so it's amazing that how we see him sometimes. We want to see him in an old, we want to see him back in another dimension. But now the progressive manifestation of who Jesus was and is is reached total fullness. He will never be more revealed Than what he is right now. He will never stand in higher standing. Than he does right now. He will never have more glory. Than what he does right now. For he is exalted on high. But his kingdom now. His kingdom. Is among men. And we're still here. So the scripture says this. In in the first uh, chapter of Ephesians. Paul said this. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So, if it was complete, and we weren't in it, then there must be a second part. Is, is that good deduction? Somebody say amen? What time is it? Everybody's going to sleep here. Let's see. No, it's only 1149. So if we were chosen Him before the foundation of the world, then there must be something beyond the completion of the Son of Man. That's the plan of God. The Logos of God, before the foundation, remember, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world? You and I determined before the foundation of the world. So now start plan two. We are living and for 2,000 years have been living in the second dimension of what God's plan was from the beginning. I'm not sure I like that term that a lot of people use, you know. How do how did they say that that uh, I'm resting in the 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 what is it? finished finished work. I'm resting in the finished work of Christ. No, we're building upon the finished work of Christ. That's been put to rest. The Son of Man is done. I want to tell you here this morning, the Son of Man, you will not see Him. Benny Hinn, sorry, He's not going to be on your platform. not happening. The days of the Son of Man, you'll wish to see Him and you will not because those days are over. But I going to tell you what isn't over is that resurrected rabbi. That's the one I'm serving this morning. Can you say Amen. It's that resurrected rabbi with all power in heaven and earth delivered unto him. That's the one that we are following. And because we are following him, we have been chosen where? In him. See, it can't say that about the Old Testament. Those men and women were chosen in Israel. They were chose in a government of Judaism and, and, and of laws and, and of washings and sacrifices and all that stuff that they did. We're not... We're not in that. We are chose in Him. Second dimension of the kingdom of God is this. You and I are in Christ. We have experienced resurrection in Christ Jesus. They didn't know about resurrection in the Old Testament. You and I. We're dead in our trespasses and sin. But he has alivened us. And if you look at that setting, that word is going to mean the same thing as resurrection. We stood up. We were dead. We were laying on a cold slab in our heart. But the resurrection power of Jesus Christ woke us up. God breathed into the nostrils of our spirit the breath of life. And now we are living beings in Christ Jesus. Do we rest in his finished work? Yeah, Mm -hmm. we do. But it's finished. And now we are living in Christ, our Lord and our resurrected rabbi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so to be like our rabbi now, how can we be like him? I'm going to say it this way. If the last act that Jesus did was obedience to the cross, how can we be like the rabbi? I believe that God is trying to complete in us. He's trying to complete us. And so, Brother Chris reads this verse the other day, and I'm in the middle of this, putting this sermon together, and I saw, oh, there it is, right there. Philippians, the first chapter and the sixth verse. Can you put that up? Ronnie, Philippians, the first chapter. This, this is just powerful. It's important that we understand this. The one, being confident in this very thing, that the one having begun a good work in you will complete it. Same Greek word that happened in our rabbi. It is finished. Completion. Everything that God had determined. The one having begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ in your life. Let me say it this way, at the expiration of our life, of our days, when, when the days of this son of man, I'm a son of man. You are a son or a daughter of man. That's who you are. But in the expiration, your last breath, when you breathe your final breath, when things have come to an end concerning you, Maybe like our rabbi, we're going to be able to say with our dying breath, it is finished. That God has completed in us everything that He intended for us. We wander through life at taking this Christian title over us As little Rod was talking about the other day at the, at the fire service we wander around with this Christian title over us and someday some happy day I'm looking for uh, the rapture to happen and all these great things are going to happen we're all going to heaven and oh how happy we will be and if we're going to be like our rabbi he really here is the picture that when we draw our last breath and we breathe it back to God and release our spirit to him Lord help us to be able to say God, everything you wanted in my life is complete. I've done the act of my life of obedience to you, Lord, and now I offer my spirit up complete. That's a big task. But he that has begun a good work. How many of you believe that Jesus has done a work in your life? Hey, you were steeped in your trespasses and sins, right? You were on the wrong road going the wrong place and going there fast. But God has pulled you out of that place now and has set you right and made you right and cleaned you up and washed you, forgiven you of all things, and there you are in Him. But He's trying to bring us to fullness and completeness in Him. I don't know if any of you here this morning would would admit and say, well, I'm I'm there. (laughs) Because that's easy for us. I just rest in the... In, 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 the, in the work of Christ, the finished work of Christ. No, 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 wait a minute. He was obedient till death. What does that say about his followers? What is the number one priority of our walk in Christ? What is it? To be obedient to him. I mean, we take the shema, to love the Lord with all our heart, but Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. There it is. What is keeping command? Being obedient to him. So, Lord, when I pass from this life someday, I want to be able to give up my last breath. And we're all going to do it, right? It's really, you know, that's pretty morbid, Pastor. I mean, why are we dealing with that this morning? We're full of life, right? We're only 20 something. We just got married. But every one of us are going to come to a place where we give up our breath. And I hope it is. I hope I can look at the Lord and say, Lord, you finished in me what you wanted to do. Can everybody say amen? And so that's our, that's our pursuit. Well, we're going to be like Jesus. Yeah, okay. Then we're going to follow him in obedience right up to that last and final breath and into thy hands, Lord. I commit my spirit. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Lord. That's what we're hoping for, right? The older I get, the more that weighs on me. When I was young, I didn't worry about it at all. Didn't think about it. Now the older I am, I think, Lord, I want to have accomplished what you sent me to do. Isn't that what Jesus said? I've finished the work that you sent me to do. I've, I've completed it all. Now it's time for glory. I just wanna, I just wanna be just, just a little partaker of the glory that is yet to be revealed in us. Amen. Amen. We just stand. God bless you.